welcome back, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel. Welcome to the 17th episode of Magic the Final Frontier. It's, uh, I think, our third one of the year. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. Hey, everyone. I'm Kevin Handlin. I am the host of the Untap Open League and a Frontier Grinder. Uh, and I am Matt Murday, Frontier Lover and Spike in Toronto, Ontario. All right, so we're going to be jumping back into our kind of color series. We just want to have a quick chat with you guys, see how you're feeling about the colors of all kinds of cards in Frontier. So we're going to kind of discuss in Wooburg order. This is our second time doing this, so we will be talking about blue today. So we're looking at what blue can really do in Frontier, where it's strong and where it's weak, some cards that it might potentially need added to it to make it stronger, some of the key cards that really push the format, and uh, as well as what blue can bring to a sideboard, or what you might gain out of splashing blue in a deck. So we're kind of just talking about some fundamentals, talking about some theory crafting, you know, just shooting it about the uh, about Frontier, what we like to do. Oh yeah, talking about Frontier, I hear we do that a little bit. <laughs> it's pretty usually a pretty good time. So guys, uh, I don't know if anyone wants to start off here. I know last time we really ran through like a curve of creatures. We talked about a little bit of a curve of spells. Do you think that's something worth doing with blue as well, or are they a little less creature curve focused? Um, I think we should start by talking about what blue is great at and what it is not. I think that's great. When we were talking about white, they obviously turned into being great at little creatures, playing them in a curve. So uh, when we're talking about blue, it might make sense to talk about just some general strengths. So, uh, why don't you lead us off, Kevin? What do you think is strong about blue in front of Yeah, so uh, my first category about what blue is great at is raw card advantage. Um, if you need to find a color to run for getting more cards in your hand, look no further because blue is the best <laughs> at it. Blue is absolutely the best at it. As much as I love Tireless Tracker, there is, there is no color that can do better and we... We can talk about some of my favorite um, my favorite cards in Frontier for card advantage in blue later down the line. We'll be going through our top fives. Stuff, but. Okay, I will. Uh, I'm gonna kind of table that, and that I will definitely want to discuss some more about what the different draw options are for blue, and kind of what the best or weakest or just the options are there. I actually want to jump in there because I think there's an interesting distinction to be made. Um, in particular, I think blue has the best late game card draw. Like their their late game kind of grinding card advantage is the best. But the, like green does often uh, take them out in the mid game in terms of card advantage. Oh sure, absolutely. Yes. And you could say the same for white because Raven Inspector draws you a card on turn two if you want it to. That's I think that's a corner case with Raven Inspector, whereas like green has a lot of things that they can grind out card advantage mm-hmm. uh, between things like uh, Coco, Tireless Tracker, uh, a lot of the explore mechanics uh, coming out of Rivals of Ixalan and, and Ixalan. I feel like Sky put it or Kevin put it in a good way in he, that he said that it's raw card raw draw card. options. So I think that there's good card advantage in green, there's good card advantage in black, but the raw card draw is something we really only get in blue. Yeah, so I would definitely say that, like, clues are a rebate. Like, they are a card later, and they cost mana to do. And, like, collecting company requires you to have actually creature cards on top of your deck, so sometimes you can whiff. And... And even a card as simple as Elvish Visionary, one green, one colorless, draw you a card, it's a 1-1, that isn't really card advantage unless you can turn that creature into a real card. And sticking something in your graveyard or back on top of your library is not necessarily card advantage, it's a virtual card. Well, I mean, the the thing with Explore is you can draw lands with it, right? So you're right that it is pseudo-card advantage. My main point was that green does tend to have the early game uh, card advantage engines uh, locked down, whereas blue does tend to be the late game kind of dirtily card draw, the the close the game card draw. So is that something that you would think that blue needs? Do you think that they need a little bit of early game card draw? I'm pretty happy with where blue's at right now. I think blue is the strongest support color in the format by like a long shot. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I think I think blue is very strong. I don't think we need to give it too much more. I How about blue as a primary color? Do you think that it's one of the stronger or one of the weaker? Because I have an opinion there, but I'd like to see what our experts here have to say. 
I mean, I think to me, blue has some of the best standalone cards in the format. But I think in order to be a viable one-color deck, you need to be an aggro deck, and I don't think blue has the tools to to pull that off. Um, there are classic archetypes that aren't. Um, sorry, uh, there there are classic control archetypes. So mono black control has been a good list. Some. I don't think blue has the chops for that in Frontier. I don't think blue has enough reliable answers. I don't think it does either. I think that you're either leaning on blue for its really, really strong late game or for its... So I think that's something that blue doesn't have, and I would agree it's something I'd like to see, but I think that's kind of in all colors, and that there's not really anything like a Cabal Coffers that really pushes you on to be into a single color. There's nothing like a, um, what is it, Mutilate that depends on how many swamps you have? Something like that, or even like the um, the Devotion cards out of... Uh, Theros would be oh, something God. like that example that would push you into being mono-blue, mono-black. Master of Waves. Which we really don't have in Frontier. I definitely yeah, think... I'd really like to see some of that. Yeah, I definitely think there's some some good room in Frontier for a devotion-like mechanic. I think it would push mm-hmm. the format in some nice ways, but we're not there yet, unfortunately. Hopefully, hopefully soon. They're saying we yeah, might be going the back bases. to Theros uh, within the next couple of years. So, I might get some more Theros cards. That would be pretty neat. One can hope. I believe it. We get a uh, three different. We can get three different planes in one game here, rather than uh, or three different planes in one year, rather than just two like we used to have. Yeah, most definitely. If if you count the Magic twenty fifteen core set, we got a lot in that set. So who knows what we can expect from Magic twenty nineteen? So what else is Blue good at then? We've talked about card advantage. I think there's a few other areas that we haven't quite touched on yet. I think the other one that we really need to talk about is counterspells. I mean, that seems obvious, but Blue's the only one with the kind of access to counterspells. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of clean catch-all answers, uh, mm-hmm. but they do tend to be a little less efficient than, you know, your lightning strikes and your fatal pushes, which is fair. I think it's a fair trade-off. Yeah, it's nice backup to having hard removal for things to be able to say, all right, well, I'm going to remove that nade and then keep your next one from going stack. But that's something that you need to be able to save up double spelling for when your opponent is also double spelling. Mm-hmm. And do you think that counter spells are in a good place in Frontier? Do you think they're too strong, too weak? Or do you think that there's a lot of things that get around counter spells? Um, so My it- person? Go ahead. I do think that there are certain cards that kind of ask a question of counter spells. Like Emrakul is the great example where what do you value more, your next turn or a thirteen thirteen flample on the board? So do you counter in that case her triggered ability or do you counter the spell itself? Yeah, so I guess what I'm thinking is that do we really need to talk about there's cards like Carnage Tyrant, there's the Sphinx of the Final Word. We see them in some sideboards, but not really much in main boards. We're not seeing the, uh, what is the 4-3 Serpapard main board as a uncounterable ability. I think there needs... So it's kind of just... Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no go ahead. I think there needs to be uh, some cards that just muff counterspells, because otherwise, in the late game, uh, you get this, you know, kind of blue control decks uh, where they're you know, flashing back, dig through time, you know, or Gearhawk, or dig through time, Gearhawk, dig through time is just crazy. They refill mm-hmm. their hands. There needs to be at least some way to fight them if they manage to stuff your early game, right? If you're not going to just kill them by turn four, which I don't think a lot of decks really can do through their removal suite. Uh, so I, I, do, I do think that counter spells are probably in a fine place. You know, there's... There are some answers to them, some some ways to fight through them, like Carnage, Tyrant, Emrakul, uh, General, some of the bigger Eldrazi. But mm-hmm. they're few and far between, and I, I don't think they're pushing counterspells out right now. I think our control decks are still using a fair number. Okay, I think that's a good question for Standard, too. I personally think that counterspells could use a bit of a reboot. Um, we've been in this um, philosophy behind Magic for a really long time that... I'm sure has come up in, in some conversations that you guys have had um, called Battle Cruiser Magic, wherein the primary way that magic is played is by presenting threats between one pom- opponent and the other. 
Um, and Mark Rosewater said in in a, in a recent review I, interview, I think it was last year that he had this interview, and he spoke about how he intends to going forward, and especially after Kaladesh being the um, crazy power level that it was, to be printing more answers in every single set, and the classic answer card is Counterspell. So, um, see, my take on that isn't so much that we're going to see Counterspell again. I think counters. I think counters are one of the only answers that are just at the level they should be at. And, hmm. and the problem is we're not seeing cards like Bolt or Path to Exile or uh, Thoughtseize is the real issue. Because there's a lot of colors that you can, you can get efficient answers in. Uh, the problem being that Counterspell on its own is too much of a catch-all. It hits everything. There's no way to gain value through it. Uh, and it, it does put the, yourself in a position where it's really hard to justify playing cards that cost more than two mana when they're just going to get uh, smashed for this two mana spell, you know? So quick for our listeners here, we're talking about counter spell being blue, blue counter target spells in instant. Uh, if anyone's just a frontier or standard player. So as far as I think I agree with you there, but I think I also agree with Kevin in that we could use a little bit more from counter spells. So I, I definitely agree that right now you have to make choices in your counter spell suite you have to decide, is it worth the exile from something like a Void Shatter, or is it worth the little bit of extra from Disallow being able to hit non-spell abilities? Or is it worth going with something like Supreme Will, which can draw you cards when it's a dead card in your hand? See, so there's a little bit of trade-off now, and all of that would go away if we had Counterspell. Counterspell would be the go-to Counterspell. Right, absolutely, yeah. But I think I think that trade-off is important. It's an important part of balancing the colors, right? So the this is one of the reasons that blue has classically been the most powerful color in, in these eternal formats. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're, they just, they can answer everything. You need to have other uh, reasons to delve into these other colors, right? Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. And like I was saying, I agree with that part of it. I think it's great that we are forced to make these choices, but I also think that right now I don't feel like blue counter spells are in a great place in that I don't feel like there's a good counterspell that I want in my main deck as a general answer. It doesn't have to be as powerful as counterspell, but I don't feel like there's a card that I'm like, okay, this is safe to be a three to four of right. and be my counterspell. Exactly. Like, and there is the same problem in modern. Like, the de facto two-mana counterspell in modern is mana leak, and even that gets the complaint that it's not powerful enough. Like, most most decks are doing super unfair things in modern by turn two. And well, I, I don't know if I would say that a monoleak would definitely be very, very powerful in frontier, but it is the fact that we don't have something even comparable to a monoleak where it's not that powerful, but it's still main deckable. Like if we had a, a monoleak that was only for two mana, like if they was a one blue, one colorless counter target spell, unless the opponent pays two, that would be, strong in Frontier would be something we could main deck in Frontier and not feel great about, but not feel bad about. I mean, we do have that. Shoot, what's it called? It's it's. <laughs> we have a, the Revolutionary Rebuff, yes, but yes. that one doesn't work on artifacts, I yeah. believe. I mean, that's true, but also how many artifacts are you looking to counter in this current format? Uh, Marvel. And that's I mean, true. I'm not saying we, the we artifacts haven't... don't exist. I'm saying if you mm-hmm. ran this main board, you can find targets for it in all, for almost every deck. I'm just saying, as someone who used to run this as a four of, do you find yourselves in uh, yourself in many, many situations where the, the spell that you want to counter is an artifact? See, I would be afraid of Copter. I would be I afraid of so. Copter. I would be afraid of Gear Hulk. There, there are very few decks that don't run an artifact of some sort. See, I think the nature of counter spells is that you don't want to have you don't want people to be able to run just four of one one. One counterspell shouldn't be that good. And, I mean, if you look at the current blue-black list, they are running a bunch of counterspells, are they not? Like, they're, they're, they still have these spells in them. They're not too bad for Frontier. They're just mixing it up because you need a mixed counterspell package. That's tough because, you know, I think they're both great arguments. I think that it is great that we are forced to have a mix, but I can also see where I wish there was a little bit more power, a little bit more reliability. I mean, right now... I feel like negate is the only counterspell I'm comfortable playing that I'm not going to have some matchup where it's not any good. Right, exactly. And it 
takes an entire archetype out of play. I'm not going to call that archetype control because control is and always has been a good strategy. However, um, tempo is really, really, really hard to pull off without classic counterspell. See, I think we have lots of good tempo options in Frontier. Uh, things like Spell Queller, Stubborn Denial, uh, Spell Snare. You know, we, we do have great tempo options. We do Frontier. not have Spell Snare. I don't, shoot, what is it? We have, um, we have, uh, oh, yes, uh, I always mix the spell two pierce. Spell Snare and, um, Spell Pierce. Spell yeah, Pierce, yeah. yes. Um, and, you know, there, there are tempo cards that I would love to see. I would love to see Remand in Frontier. I think that'd be a lot more balanced option. You got me bought in. I would love it. I would love <laughs> remand in Frontier. I would take that in Dominaria. Yeah, I think I think remand would be a lot safer than counterspell, uh, because it is more on the tempo end, and it doesn't invalidate the playing of let's say like four drops or whatever. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah. You got me. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that I'd like to see them push Blue a little more on is the tempo, uh, tempo game. Uh, we do have a lot of kind of, especially blue-white creatures that, that make kind of good tempo plays for Blue, but they're all kind of mm-hmm. mixed. I'd like to see them push Blue a little bit more into that space as far as creature goes. As far as mono Blue goes, you'd like to see that take a, take a step forward? Yeah, yeah, because tempo's always been kind of a blue thing, and I think it, it fits the flavor, it fits the the mechanics. And I don't. I think strongly agree with that. I had that as one of my things that I'd like to see coming out of blue. They tried to do a little bit of that with the Merfolk in the Ixalan block, and I felt like they didn't push it hard enough. They didn't have something that really screams power in one to two mana in blue, unless if you're going specifically into a Merfolk deck, I think. Um... What's up with that pronunciation of Merfolk? Where are you from, Finkel? <laughs> uh, Chicago. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, the Merfolks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everywhere that I, I, I don't know if you grew up watching a, 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 a film. It's, it's a small art house film. It's called uh, The Little Mermaid. You've heard the one, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I... I I know that's this question. Do you say merfolk or do you say merfolk or merfolk? I say I say I say merfolk. You, like you know, mer, you know, like a person. Like yeah, like a human being. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so down in the south they say merfolk. Down in the south say merfolk. All right, but I, I think that something like a one mana blue hexproof or a one mana blue flying prowess, something like that. Or, you know, something on the level of Delver. Obviously wouldn't want anything that strong, but other formats have those strong early blue plays, and we don't really have that in front of you. Do you guys think a 2-2 flyer for one blue would be too much to ask? 100%. Yeah, that would super, be too much to Super ask. too much to ask. <laughs> All right, so what if it was a 2-1 flyer for blue? I think that's still too far. I think, I think that even a 2-1 vanilla for blue isn't something we'd be likely to see. Yeah, you'd need to put some conditions on that. Okay, so yeah, like let's say it's conditional, right? Like what about um, the Skyborn, what was the one, Duskborn Skymarcher or whatever it is? Uh, the 2-1 with a send that gets flying when you have the city's blessing. Do you guys think that was too much in one white? In blue? In, no, in white it's fine. In blue I think it's just out of color pie. Hmm. So you think that early flyers yeah, are out of color pie for blue? I think that I think early two ones are out as of much color as pie the, for blue. Yeah, the two. Okay. Ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see it because because blue's not a a color that's producing um, above rate creatures, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing literally just a two one for one blue would be it would be a big deal. It would be a very big change in philosophy. I mean, it might happen. We we never thought we'd see a two two for one in red at a common before and. Now we're seeing that fairly regularly. Yeah. I think your your best bet is probably you're looking at like a one colorless, one blue, two one flash flying is your best bet. Oh god, I would take well, we've that got every better day. Than that right now. Don't we? We might, I don't know. I I said that completely without doing any research. <laughs> so we have the 
we've got um, Rattle Chains, which is that and also gives Hexproof to mm-hmm. Spirit when it comes mm-hmm. into play. We've got the Eldrazi one that can pay one and a colorless to exile a card from the top of their library and return it to your own hand if it's a land card. This is why we keep you around, Finkel. Is <laughs> give this man a raise. <laughs> we'll keep him on retainer. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of the problem there is that blue, when they do get those early tempo creatures, they're generally flying creatures, they have some evasion, rather than having a high power. And as far as trying to kill your opponent quickly, that doesn't really work well in an aggro list, because there are decks like blue-black, which really don't care if you have fly on all of your creatures, they're still just going to kill each one of them with a fatal push. Yeah, most definitely, but the, the thing that sets blue ahead in its early game has always been the evasion. They've been printing a lot more. They've been taking more risks with unblockable lately. So um, I'm hoping to see them explore that space a little bit more. And I mean, personally, I'd love to see a more powerful early threat that has flying out of blue. Rattle Chains is, is an awesome card, but it doesn't quite do it for me. I'm not sure if I'm looking for more more power out of the early blue creatures, as much as I'm looking for more uh, value, more... Like a Snapcaster uh, Mage kind of value, or...? I would kill for Snapcaster. Oh my god, sure. I would... <laughs> the things I would do if Snapcaster got reprinted. <laughs> but uh, I think, again, the big thing, though, is... I just I don't think we're getting a lot of value out of our blue creatures in Frontier is the big thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the most notable one to me is probably Jace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? Undeniably a powerful card... But that's and it's been a. What sorry, Jace has been in a tough spot lately. I mean, yeah, that's definitely true, and I think we'll get to that. But my main point is that we don't see a lot of actual value out of our early blue creatures, like almost ever. They're they're almost never constructive playable. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. All right, um, what do you guys think? Are all of this was in relation to? Blue's strengths and weaknesses. Are we still talking about Blue's weaknesses? Yeah, if there's anything more that you have for strengths or weaknesses of Blue, we're kind of, you know, we're jumping around. We're talking about cards we like. We're talking about uh, some other things there. But yeah, if you've got another strength particularly, let's go with that. Um, I think I've got one more if you're out. I'm out. Uh, I think the only other thing that I would say Blue does better than anything else right now is cantrips. Absolutely. It does have a few options. It's not as strong as the older formats, but, you know, we do have Opt. There are also Anticipate. There's the Strategic Planning, which I think is a very strong card. Strategic Planning, to me, is just super underrated. I think people people see that it's not instant, and they're like, nope, it's terrible. But not every deck is a control deck. You know, not mm-hmm. every deck needs to be playing at instant speed. Mm-hmm. And being able to fill the graveyard with your card selection, it's really powerful. I actually thought of, while Finkel was saying the word cantrip, I thought of um, a strength that I wanted to point out about blue. And then you said something about it just now. Which is... It's a graveyard? Yeah, putting things in the graveyard. Like, specifically, I think it is one of the two best colors in Frontier at dumping things into the graveyard. The other one being green. Um, And... I'd agree with that. It gets value out of those if they're instants. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a lot about this card later, but Search for Ascanto is just such an incredible card. and Yeah, Search, Jace, there's... Um, Strategic Planning. There's uh, Sphinx's Tutelage. There was one more good one I had, and I just lost it. Oh, uh, the 2-1 um, the for 3. The uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you play this the, card uh, all the time, Champion card. of Wits. Yeah, Champion, Champion of Wits, Wits. There yeah, we go. yeah. That's a great one. Um, even there's the 1-2 energy guy that dumps cards into your graveyard if you're really trying to turbo out something. Minister I think we saw that. Inquiries, yes. Inquiries, yeah. We used to see a little bit of him. He's strong, but um, I don't think we've seen that dedicated of a graveyard strategy that would want him lately. I think one of the things we are really missing in Frontier is I think people aren't tapping into a lot of what's there. Um, I've been having a lot of arguments with people recently about, uh, they'll, I'll say something's good, and they'll be like, no, it's not. But it's like they're they're basing it on whether or not it sees play. 
And the mm. truth is, we're just such a small format right now. We don't have, you know, all these decks being explored and, and broken in by this huge community, right? Like, we're there's so few of the actual potential decks seeing play right now. And I think a big part, uh, or one of the big missing pieces, is this uh, blue kind of graveyard-oriented deck. Yeah, I definitely think that that's missing too. Um, I don't think that Soltai Delirium was it, you know? No, no, I agree. I think I think the big problem is Soltai is the mana base is just way too hard right now. It is. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just... It's, it's got the wedge problem, but it doesn't have all the good cards that Adzan has to make up for it. <laughs> it doesn't have that Rhino <laughs> or that Anafenza. Or that crackling doom if you're talking Mardu. Even even Mardu, I think, is struggling a little bit as far as mana base goes. Like Mardu does Certainly, have slightly yeah. better cards, but it's still not Abzan level cards. Where you're looking at uh, Abzan Charm, Dramoka's Command, all their whole creature suite. You know. Mm-hmm. I think that when you play a wedge these days in Frontier, you pick the two colors that you want to push, and they're almost always. Um, in your fetchable fetchable colors so Hmm. like if i'm in mardu i'm probably pushing black red um but like it's really really hard to do that in sultai because i'm not sure i'm not sure if i agree with that completely i think it's actually harder to be like blue if you're talking sultai to be blue black focused and only a little bit of green there's a lot of times where you'll miss that green. I think it's much easier if you were like blue green, you have all of the blue green duels, you have the green black, um, the blooming marsh, and then you just have some fetches to be able to splash into that black when you need it. Okay. I think that's easier than to be strong in the allied colors and still be trying to get that, that enemy color. The problem that I have with that is that a lot of delirium's like signature cards are in green. So if you're not playing green in your early game, then what are you playing Delirium for? Yeah. I mean, for me, the mana base is just too hard to bother with at this point. If you <laughs> if you're going you know, if you want to go no, fuck that mana go base. with Sultai instead of Jund, like I just I don't think there's a big enough pull. Like Abzan gets to be a deck because the card quality it has is incredible. Like, there's so many good cards that you can only really make maximum use out of if you're Abzan. But it's just, it's not true of all these other colors. Like, mm-hmm. Sultai Charm is a far cry from Abzan Charm, you know? Mm-hmm. Or Teamer Charm is a far cry from either of them. Yeah, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, so, and I think if you really want to make these kind of enemy wedges work, I think... I've actually seen Fink uh, use this idea a little bit. You need to be looking at um, Rainbow Lands. You know, you need to be looking at your... What's the artifact one? The, uh, Spire, Spire of, of Industry. Industry. Spire of Industry. You need to be looking at Aether Hub. Hub. You need to be... Yeah. yeah, you need to be looking at these five-color lands uh, that can kind of tie it together and try to find a way to, to really fit that and make it work. Yeah, I, I can agree with that for sure. I think that one of the reasons that Marvel works well is because it runs off of energy. And I think that one of the reasons why enemy mana bases worked so well in standard for a really long time was because they were supercharging their mana base with Ether Hub. Um, and that the best mana fixing that you could get in the format was the fast lands. So um, that's what allowed Sultai, uh, Sultai Marvel and Sultai Energy and Teamer energy and marvel to be the things that they wear yeah and that Mm -hmm. said i don't think that's enough in frontier either as much as you if you if you are committed if you want to play sultai or any of these other wedges yes i think you need to look at these lands but i don't think that's enough to be competing with the allied uh shards that can be making use of fetches the most powerful lands ever printed no doubt that fetches are the most powerful lands ever printed I might say then that's even a weakness of blue in that they are in two of the worst wedges. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's hard to say, right? Because like, I think Grixis and Esper are both top top notch uh, control colors. I think there's so many good cards in both sets, 
And I think we see a lot of pure blue-black control, but I think I think the shards are actually strictly more powerful. So you mean yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying, is the wedges teamer and Sultai as a wedge, and even Jeskai as a wedge, just don't quite have the power that Abzan particularly oh, does. Yeah, I, I misheard. Sorry, you're you're absolutely right. I, I think the only wedge that's actually good uh, in its own right is is Abzan. I think Ab- Mardu Abzan, gets yeah. Mardu gets a little bit of love because it tends to have all the best uh, removal. Removal, yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it's like it's a vehicles deck basically. So a lot of its threats don't necessarily need the fixing. Right, it's mainly colorless and white and red. And it does get to make a really good use of Spire of Industry because it has all these artifacts as well. So, do you want to talk Mantis Rider, or are we just gonna skip over Jeskai? <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeskai. We'll probably talk some. We'll talk multicolor probably at the end of our color series if we ever get there. That's fair. That's fair. We've yeah, really diverged here. Yeah. <laughs> So why don't we talk a little bit more about weaknesses of blue? Um, so we did talk about the early game creatures not really being there for Frontier, especially for Constructed mm-hmm. at all, um, unless they're multicolored. But I think that another disadvantage of blue is that it doesn't have a good removal suite right now, so it needs backup if it's really going to control the game. I think that's, that's how blue is supposed to be, though. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, I mean, that's blue supposed so maybe to that's, support to remove things. Maybe that's a weakness of Frontier right now in that there are a lot of threats that you can't simply let go unanswered and the counter spells aren't good enough to preemptively stop everything. So blue on its own just can't survive in that kind of form. Right. And that stops a strategy like green blue from really being something that can happen because you like, if someone gets a bigger threat than your, than your little merfolk duders, then you're done. Or even if they play a Jace or a goblin rabble master. Right. There are so many threats that can run away with the game in frontier. Mm -hmm. See, I think that's kind of backwards because on the one hand you're saying there's a lot of threats that, you know, they get value when they resolve, so it's not enough to be able to remove them. Counterspells are the best way we have in Frontier of dealing with those threats because that means they don't get the resolve. They don't get their value when they come into the battlefield. And I think I think asking for more for blue is, is, is just bad. Like, it's not... Blue doesn't need that. Blue has these things that it's good at, and then if it, it wants to be able to remove these resolved creatures or planeswalkers or whatever... Then, then it has to have help, you know? Kind of like how green doesn't have a lot of removal. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right in that blue's very good at answering something like a siege rhino because they can just counter it and then it's completely answered. But blue's not very good at answering something like a warden of the first tree because it's going to come down too soon. It's going to keep swinging hard. It's going to grow bigger. If you're a mono blue deck, you really just don't have an answer to that. Yeah, I think that's okay, though. Right, like sure, if we I just want, think that there's a lot of those, a lot of those kind of threats in Frontier. I'll give you that. I guess, I guess the big thing is, is like, I think these. Hmm, I'm getting carried away with this. This we're just talking about the the blues weaknesses. These are blues weaknesses. Yeah. This is a weakness of <laughs> exactly. blue. Okay. Any other weaknesses you want to highlight, Finkel? Hmm. I mean, I think you you touched on the big ones is removal and the uh, the early aggression, the lack of it. So really, Blue's weakness is the early game, if we were to sum it up all in one statement. Sure, yeah. And I think that needing so many of its creatures to be in other colors as well, or even its early plays to be in other colors as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So I think for our next section, we talk about our top five blue cards. Sure, that sounds great. Awesome. I don't think we have to go... I don't think there'll be too much variation here. I'm interested to see what you guys have. I actually had some trouble kind of fitting in five here. I'm on the board that Blue's not that strong. (laughs) We were, I guess for Matt, he wasn't here for our white episode. We were limiting this to pure blue cards. We are not counting Reflector Mage. We're not counting anything that's blue and something else. I think it's crazy to me that you're saying you don't think Blue's that strong. I think Blue's one of the strongest colors in the format. Like, uh, I think of the top, you know, ten cards in the format, Five of them are probably blue. All right. Well, I'm interested to hear your top five then. 
Cool. Do you want to start us off with one? Yeah, I think we should start at the bottom, and I elect Matt to do his first. Uh, my number five, that's kind of hard, because, like, instinctively, I want to say Jace. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, Fink kind of touched on it earlier, where Jace has been having a really hard time lately. Yeah. He, uh, he gets negated. Not negated. He gets, uh, he gets fatal pushed more often than mm-hmm. not. A lot. He gets reflector maged in the other kind of deck. Yep, totally. A wild slash. Pretty much every deck has to have an answer for him. I mean, that's another thing, though. They have to have an answer for him. So I think that like it still kind of justifies a place here, because if they don't have an answer for him, he will run away with that game no problem. No doubt. And I think some of the time, you just have to be okay with your two-drop getting fatal pushed, you know? I, I think all the time you have to be okay with your, your two-drop getting fatal pushed. Like, And I think that's... That's kind of the weakness, is that I think that you're giving up so much in your deck to be running four Jaces in it, that if there, there are a lot of games where you need that Jace to live in order for you to win, and by you, you're just not okay with your two-drop being fatal pushed. So I, I feel like sometimes playing Jace, you're just not okay with that. Yeah, yeah, could be. Okay, so I, I had Jace as kind of an honorable mention. I did not put him into my top five because of how weak he's been just right now i think that's fine honestly i i'm 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 mostly mentioning him now as an honorable mention i don't have like a clear list laid out in front of me but i sure but yeah go ahead i mean i think my my number five was pretty weak as well i picked metallic rebuke it's kind of a unique effect in blue but one of the one of the counter spells i like the most and again pretty versatile i actually strongly agree with that metallic rebuke's really good and underplayed i think Man, it was so impressive in the finals of the Untap Open League. Just like he he oh, yeah. had it every time he needed it, and it was amazing every time. Uh, oh, and you play around it a lot, even when they don't have it. When you're playing against something like that, Esper vehicles, down. right? So it's it's as though they always have it in their hand because you're playing around it mm-hmm. as if they do. And if the 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 trade off that they get is that they're playing a turn behind, fine. Like all my all my stuff costs really really efficient, or all of my stuff is really efficiently costed. So, like, fine. It's that, and I also it's not on my list necessarily, but I think it kind of fits in the same space. And I want to talk a bit about stubborn denial, or anything that can be represented with one blue mana. I think dispel is another thing that you can mention in this slot. Oh yeah, definitely. I think any of those those. Only fitness-specific situation, but the ones that can be cast for that cheap, they, they do some great things in Frontier. Yeah, um, like, I, I bluff Dispel in, like, 90% of my post-board games with, uh, with control decks. Just because, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> if, if you can do, and if there's even one in your sideboard, just pretend like you have it the whole game and you get free plays. Oh, like when you dig for time and leave one up open, even when you have nothing to do with it. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, well, Kevin, what did you have as your uh, number five here? I, I also had a counterspell. I have Negate. Um, oh, okay. So I think that Negate is in a really good spot in our metagame, where there are not many decks that you absolutely don't want to have it against. The only one I can think of is maybe White Weenie. And... Um, mm-hmm. To the to the point where like it's so good that um, it was hard for me to tell Matt the other day that I don't think that duress is main deckable, like because there are so many things that are not creatures that you can hit with this spell that are a tempo positive. Yeah, my greatest regret great... is that I can't oh. main deck for duress. <laughs> I have a great counter to that. But it will definitely come up next week when we talk about black, or a week soon when we talk about black. So let's table that for when we're discussing black and whether or not duress is main deckable. Totally. All right. Um, So I actually had negate as well. I had it as number three. I thought that it is kind of the best counter spell in blue right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's been doing a lot of work for me lately. That blows my mind. What else is on your list, Finkel? What have you missed? <laughs> my list I'm doesn't sure have I'm, room for you know negate what? on number three. It's been a crazy week. I'm uh, I'm closing on a house, I think, next week. Uh, so I've, really, this last whole month has been a, a bit of a blur for me. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats, Fink. Yeah. 
All right, so what did you uh, what did you guys have as number four? So I just pulled my three, but we can come back to... So my number four is Search for Ascanta. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, just a super solid card. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is, in, it is incredible. <laughs> uh, graveyard synergies, card filtering... Um, ramp late game card advantage ramp yeah you name it all it's everything it does it all mana. <laughs> yeah, all the cost of two mana and it's hard to interact with it's an enchantment it's so yeah. hard to remove you have to be in two colors that aren't very splashable to do that yeah and this is yep. i would say where where my list starts bleeding into the top 10 cards in the format i think i think this this is <laughs> search is pretty high on the list absolutely so where did you have search kevin number one Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah Sergio Canta is absolutely my number one blue card right now. Um, I think that we talk about things from this lens uh, a lot, and I think that my favorite spot for it right now is in Sahili combo. Um, Ooh, yeah. It is absolutely backbreaking in that list. Like, if if you... Get this down on turn two and follow it up with any way to put cards in your graveyard. Then you've gotten an early ramp and card advantage that can give you planeswalkers and board wipes. Like, that's amazing to me. It just boggles my mind. So I had it at number two, like I was saying. Oh, what did you have as your number four, Kevin? My number four is Jace Friend's Prodigy, which we already talked about. So I had as my number four Torrential Gear Hulk. Cool, that's my number three. Sniping my number three. Nice! Number threes for the spikes are Torrential Gear Hulk. (laughs) We should talk about Torrential Gear Hulk. Yeah, it's it's pretty unique. I mean, it is a great finisher. It's a finisher that gets you card advantage or removal or kind of whatever you need, usually by the time it comes down. I think the most understated thing about Torrential Gear Hulk right now is that there are no creatures, or not no, but there's so few creatures in this format that can just attack into it. That can trade with it, even. Yeah, you just you can't you can't attack into a torrential gear hulk. Once your control opponent has six mana on the board, very few aggressive decks have anything at all that can attack into six open mana from represented from a control list. You know it can do it. Gideon. Warkite Marauder. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess. Kevin, is that your number one? Because I'm going to be a little disappointed. Search for Escanto is my number one. Oh, Workout okay, Marauder right, didn't right. even make my list because it's playable only oh, in did. one strategy. But <laughs> you, you were worrying me. <laughs> All right, so you guys have heard my number three and my number two. What else do you guys have on your list here? All right. All right, my number two. Right, do you want? I'll go first. I've been going first the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my number two and number one are kind of interchangeable, honestly. They're pretty close. So you went first the first time. Um. But uh, my number two is Treasure Cruise. And the only reason okay. I'm, rating, I'm rating that lower than my number one is because Treasure Cruise doesn't have, uh, what's the word for it? Instant. Well, that's obviously important. But three cards is better than two. Um, but yes. the main reason yes. is that Treasure Cruise hasn't seen a lot of Frontier play. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've. It doesn't have very exposure, recently, it doesn't have visibility. Yeah, very recently I've had this argument with some of the Untap Open League guys um, about whether or not it's good for that reason. And I, I just I don't think it's fair to look at competitive results for Frontier right now, not see a card being played, and say, okay, well, that card is not one of the best cards in the format. For, uh, Treasure okay. Cruise has broken every Eternal format it's in. We have ways to fill the graveyard. Cards like Opt, Search for Azcanta. Uh, again, I think strategic planning is really underplayed. So I just, I think that, yeah, it, it's broken every other Eternal format it's in, and it's a matter of time before it breaks this one, too. I, did, I think the, the idea that it's a matter of time is fairly accurate. Um, one of the resources that Wizards has demonstrated time and time again that they're not afraid to push is the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And so it's just going to take some really good blue graveyard mechanics to make this amazing. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't think we're we're waiting for a card for this to happen. I think we're there, and I think that the format isn't explored enough. I think we're not big enough. We're not seeing the level of competitive play that we need to see, to be honest, to really, you know, 
push decks to their limit. Yeah, I can uh, get behind think, that, too. Yeah. So, Kevin, I'm going to kind of spoil us through here. Did you have Dig Through Time as your number two as well? I did. Okay, so I had that as my number one here. So it sounds like we're all kind of in agreement that these delve draw cards, there's this incredible power there. Yeah, Dig Through Time is also my number one. And, okay. And the only reason I think it's... I, I've placed it at number one instead of a straight tie or even worse than Treasure Cruise is because of the synergy mm-hmm. with Torrential Gearhawk. Yeah, with Torrential Gearhawk, and I would argue it also has better synergy with um, with Sir Therese Canto rather than playing Jace. Agreed. So Jace, it makes sense to flash back a sorcery on your turn, whereas Sir Therese Canta, it makes sense to hold back the mana, be able to play something like a Dig Through Time. So there's a little bit of just the other cards that are powerful are making Dig more powerful as well. One of the most broken things you can do in Frontier right now is to flip Search for Azcanta and then use it at instant speed to get a Dig through time off the top of your deck and then Dig and then follow up with a Torrential Gear Hulk the next turn, flashing back Dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's just all of what Blue wants to do. <laughs> so while we're kind of... I, I'd kind of tabled this before, but while we're on the discussion... What do you guys think of the raw card draw options at the top end? Because we really, we see a lot of dig through time. We see it even up to a three or four of in a deck. We occasionally see treasure crews, sometimes more and more tempo decks. What do you guys think about the other big blue draw spells? So some of the ones that come to mind for me are pull from tomorrow. I think pull from tomorrow is a trap, but I I like, uh, shoot, what's the energy one called? I Drawing a blank. Hmm, Glimmer of Genius. Ooh. I played against yeah, that Glimmer yesterday. Glimmer of Genius or like Hieroglyphic Illumination. Both are stellar cards. What about, um? Oh, what is the dragon one? Uh, dragon Lord's Prerogative. Mm-hmm. It's good mm-hmm. in a graveyard-oriented deck where you can pitch it early and, and, and save it for your Gear Hulk or your Jace. Oh, I okay. see what you mean. Okay, yeah, cool. I can get into that. Yeah, the, the old Jeskai Blacklist in the early days used to run it as a one-of? Yeah, as a one-of, <laughs> for sure, as a fun-of. Yeah, yeah, and basically a lot of those decks was just like, you know, filter, filter, filter. You're, you know, you're, you're uh, tapping your Jace, you're, you're going through your cards, and then you're pitching stuff into your graveyard for later for when you either flip your Jace or get your Gear Hulk, whatever it is you're going to do. Putting it in the bank. That's right, because no, like a six mana instant is no good to you in your hand, right? Like, that's, well, that's a lot. It's a big ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much just good in those control mirrors and things like that, <laughs> where there's other there's a lot of other good control mirror cards it's a it's nice to get hit by a main board duress if you have that in your hand <laughs> see i don't All think right, so i'd have trouble uh, hitting it with me i don't think i'd want to hit it with main board duress i think if, if you're probably take their counter spell instead yeah you take something they can use like yeah six mana to cast this instant they're not using that anytime soon all right, so guys, we've really delved deep in a few different topics. <laughs> Get it, delve. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys are really looking for from blue? I think that's the one uh, well, the one place that we didn't really cover is some more blue cards you'd like to see printed soon. Okay, so I'm actually really curious to hear what Matt says about this, um, but personally, I think it's Counterspell. That's what I really want to see from blue. Just a classic, <laughs> two mana, that gets rid of that. Cool. As I've mentioned, yeah, I'd be a lot happier to see Remand. And I would but, settle but, for Remand. I just want a powerful two-mana casual. And I think I'd like Monoleek, because I'm not crazy. <laughs> I think Monoleek would actually be unhealthier in Frontier than Remand would. I, I agree with that. I think if we almost need something one step weaker than Monoleek, but not three mana. Yeah, I, I agree. It's somewhere in between... Uh, damn it, the... The one we talked about Re- earlier. Revolutionary Rebuff? Yeah, one step between Revolutionary Rebuff and Mana Leak. Uh, what we needed was Miscalculation. Miscalculation. Okay, that one I have to look up. you got to give me a second, Finkel. <laughs> uh, unless if I'm saying this one wrong. I believe that one's the... Shitty blue one, card one in a blue. <laughs> <laughs> one in a blue. It, it's the sensor that's one more. It, it's one more to, uh, to cycle it, but it's also... It's counter unless they pay two. I might be, you might be able to convince me that Logic Knot is what we're looking oh, for. Oh, God. Oh, is, that, is that the card Logic Knot? It's the Delve the counter spell. Logic, yeah, oh, Logic no, no. Knot is, is X, two blue, counter target mm-hmm. spell unless they play, uh, pay X, and they ha- it has Delve. Now, how about there is one of those pay X 
or counter the spell in Frontier that we haven't really seen any play on. So actually the major reason I would like to see Logic Knot is I think because mm-hmm. it forces Blue to give up their Dig Through Time resources. True. Which I think, True. like, to me, Dig Through Time is one of the best cards in the format, easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's format it's defining. What, yeah, it's part of what makes Blue so, like, to me, Blue is the best color in the format by a long shot and i think it's a reason why we keep seeing these blue oriented control decks uh in the in the finals okay okay huh i think so i, so, I think just putting some tension on their graveyard resources would be good that'd be cool yeah yeah i'd be into that so like all right guys anything else or i'm gonna try and wrap up the show i think you can do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, it's been great. Um, like I said, we've talked quite a bit about blue already, and uh, we will move hopefully on to black sometime soon. I'm looking forward to that one. I think I've got a lot to say for black. I've got so much to say for black. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll try and get that to you guys soon. Um, call us out if we don't have a podcast next week. We're trying to move back to the weekly ones. We might be uh, subbing in our extra tailor if we need them. But we're, we're trying to get back on that uh, weekly releases, so I'll look forward to that, guys. Other than that, not too much else we have to bring up in current events, unless I'm missing something. Um, the Pro Tour happened on the weekend, Finkel. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but that's already happened. I mean, this thing will be out. It'll already happen for a week now. Come on. Do we not want to talk <laughs> at all about the biggest event in Magic? Like... I, I will talk about 2020's Frontier Pro Tour. Hey, one can <laughs> dream, right? Uh, yeah, but but anyways, guys, um, yeah, we can talk a little bit about the Pro Tour sometime, but maybe we'll bring it up at the beginning of the next cast. Anyways, um, please make sure to contact us, anything you guys want to hear, anything we're not doing, uh, at MTG Frontier. We're at MTG underscore Frontier on Instagram. We've got our Reddit. We've got our Discord. We'll have all the contact information down below also. Cool. Um, you guys can tweet at me. My Twitter handle is at Skyburial. And I am at SciTurkey1. I've got one of those Twitter things, too, but I don't follow it very well. So uh, if I don't mention it, I'm sure I can find it when you guys tweet at our, our main MTG Frontier. But, guys, this has been a lot of fun, as always, for everyone out there. We look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your final frontier, signing off.